Good morning. I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Isn't it a beautiful Lord's Day? Isn't it fantastic to be here today? And it truly is, truly is blessed, a blessed morning, blessed day. One thing, we were talking to Joel back here before between class, and one thing I wanted to point out, take a look around. Take a look at the number of people that are here this morning. Six months ago, year ago, kinda had kinda had me worried. But we're slowly we, we were talking about fellowship this morning. And it's just it's good to be here. It's good to have that fellowship with one another. Again, we want to welcome everybody here this morning. We truly are glad you're here. And we're glad you're here because we care. We care about each other. You know, Shoto congregation has just has a deep love for each other and we don't want to lose that especially during this this COVID trial that we're going through as you can tell Doug's not here I'm taking his place he gets to spend a little bit of time because of an exposure which we're all like I said in class we're all slowly getting used to things like that and we've all had to deal with them and you know just like scripture this too will pass we'll get through it we get through it together we get through it with loving you know for one another you know and I, I picked picked up you know different going through my notes I've got various I make notebooks on different subjects that I've been studying and uh, the Apostle Paul came up uh, I saw this and you know during these times we we truly can experience some very trying times in our life and you know with the various thing, medical issues and, and things like that it just seems like you know at times that we're going through like what's called you know somebody called our darkest hour and we need to realize that there's hope and there's hope within us and we don't we don't want to forget that and that's what drove the Apostle Paul the Apostle Paul knew of that hope he knew that hope that hope of Christ that hope of God that he gave us and that hope carried Paul through so many so many things you know I don't think there's any person within any within the Holy Bible that's so well documented concerning trials and tribulation than the Apostle Paul Job uh, probably comes in as a tie Job, I think, was a shorter duration, more tragic. Paul, constant tribulation over a longer period of time. You know, I've even read and, and heard some characterize the Apostle Paul more as a Johnny-come-lately when it comes to the Apostles. 
you know, being that he was last, that he was an afterthought. And I'm telling you, we're going to see that he wasn't. Some even challenged the authority of Paul's apostleship, considering that he wasn't amongst the, the 12 at the time in uh, Jesus' daily life. That he failed to firsthand witness miracles that Jesus performed, which I think he probably did. Or that he wasn't present during the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Paul, being as educated that he was, and as much of a zealot for the Jews, I'm sure he knew every bit about Christ. But from the start, Saul of Tarsus' life, it gets turned upside down. And some might even say his life, as he knew it, was destroyed in the aftermath of his experience on the road to Damascus. Saul of Tarsus, he had everything going for him. He had the best education. He had great power bestowed upon him. At 33 AD, Saul of Tarsus was on the fast track to becoming one of the most powerful Jewish leaders in Israel. He was their up, one of their up and coming stars. That was up until the point of that road, on that road to Damascus where he met the burning bush and saw our Lord and Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the rise and, and some would say the fall of Saul of Tarsus, but the beginning of the Apostle Paul. We're going to look at some of his trials that he faced and the tribulation that he had to experience. You see, the, the life of, the, of Saul of Tarsus and the Apostle Paul, one and the same, his life is chocked full of trials and tribulation that we can learn from. And it would appear, you know, as some would say, just like that song said, if it weren't for bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. It just seemed like everything followed the Apostle Paul. But through it all, through it all, he had that he had the faith because he knew of the hope of God, the hope of Christ that was within him. Paul truly was a blessed person. So who was Saul of Tarsus? You're going to text we're going to, I'm going to use today, which we'll get to later, is going to be in Romans, probably starting in chapter 5. If you want to go ahead and turn there, but it's, it'll be a little bit before we get there. Saul of Tarsus, who eventually became the Apostle Paul, he was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin in approximately 5 A.D., at that 5 AD, he was born in the city of Tarsus, which is modern-day Turkey. But he was raised in Jerusalem, as we find and read in Philippians 
chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and also in Acts 22.3. Tarsus, the city of Tarsus, it was a free city in the Roman province of Cilicia. And Paul's parents had become Roman citizens. And thus, by birth, Saul also had Roman citizenship, which we know this from Acts twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. He trained in the Torah, which is the biblical law. But he trained under the most respected rabbi of the first century, Gamaliel, which is recorded in Acts 5, 34, 22, 3. Saul considered himself to be zealous for God and a Pharisee. And we know this from Acts 22, 3 and 23, 6. Saul was a tent maker by trade and he had become the Sanhedrin's prosecuting attorney more or less. In Act, we read that in Acts 18.3. He was present at the execution by stoning of Christianity's first martyr, Stephen, and may have been one of those who's listed as those from Cilicia who had argued with Stephen in the synagogues, which is in Acts 6.9 and 7.58. After his involvement with Stephen's death, Saul set out to destroy what was we read as known as the way in Acts 3 and also chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. He relentlessly went throughout Jerusalem entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison on their suspicion of the belief in Jesus as the Messiah, which you read in Acts 8.3. Saul was not content to conduct his inquisition in Jerusalem alone. He couldn't leave it there. He sought out to extradite believers from Damascus from across two borders to be tried and sentenced in Jerusalem. We read that in Acts chapter 9, verse 2. But then, in approximately 34, 35 A.D., Saul of Tarsus met his match. It was on that faithful day, on that road to Damascus. In chapter 9 of the book of Acts, we read of that dramatic conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Uh, read and often use the word dramatic because uh, when we talk about Saul's conversion but I don't think even the word dramatic does it justice why because here we have again one of the most studied persons of the old law who knows it frontwards and backwards Saul of Tarsus knows by heart all the prophecies concerning the coming Christ. Saul of Tarsus has one of the highest possible educations at the time. Saul of Tarsus 
knew what Scripture said. Yet Saul of Tarsus didn't recognize that Jesus was the coming Savior the Jews had been waiting for for hundreds of years. But now, on this road to Damascus, facing that burning bush, Saul of Tarsus is face to face with our Lord and Savior. You know, we've heard the day, the phrase, a day of reckoning. Well, this was a day of reckoning for Saul of Tarsus. Saul's presented with what can, I can only describe as a major paradigm. Everything he thought he was doing in the name of the Lord, it turns out he was doing the exact opposite. Saul has been doing wrong and committing atrocities against God. On the other hand, everything Saul has dedicated to his life, had dedicated his life for, dedicated his life to looking for, it is, I mean, it's all just been revealed to him in a most dramatic way. That very thing he's been searching for and he finds out he's on the wrong side. Saul has just seen the glory of the Lord, but also has just realized he's been persecuting God's people. Can you imagine the depression Saul of Tarsus is feeling after coming to the realization of the sins he's been committing against God? and God's people, it must be beyond comprehension. But while at the same time, the same very time, he's seeing the glory of God right in front of him. Saul's proud, Saul of Tarsus is probably asking himself and asking God, how can the Savior ever forgive him? You know, Saul of Tarsus, in all that he did, persecuting God's people, he thought in his heart, deep in his heart, he truly knew, he thought he was doing right. He thought he was doing God's will. But it turned out that he was so wrong. You know, Scripture tells us there's a way that seems right unto a man that leads to destruction. You know, we know that in Acts chapter 9 that Saul was converted and now he immediately after that conversion is preaching Christ crucified. He's realized truly realized the hope that is in Jesus Christ. That hope that now saves us. Romans chapter 5, we're kind of going to start there and move forward. All of the Romans, when Paul's writing, he's talking and about the hope that is within us the hope of God. 
when he's writing in chapter four, he's writing about that hope of God that was within Abraham. You know, if God told Abraham to do something, Abraham did it. No hesitation, none whatsoever. And that is the same hope that the Apostle Paul had. But now the Apostle Paul writes of this hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that we all have, and he's writing this to the, to the Christians in Rome. Paul's going to explain this hope in the book of Romans as he writes this letter. But starting in chapter 5, Paul explain, explains his faith that we have in Christ. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's that hope that instill, that's instilled in the Apostle Paul. And this is what drives him. This is what gets him through those trials. And he's passing this on to us and also through this letter to the Christians in Rome. You know, we rejoice in this hope and glory of God. The peace we have with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Carrying on with verses 3 through 4, verse 3 says, And not only that, but we also, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Our tribulations cause us to trust God more. Paul explains that our tribulation, it produces that perseverance that we need. And that perseverance is going to develop our character. And that character is what produces that hope. And we're going to see, and Doug covered this in his, one of his lessons the other night, that hope isn't just something we wish for. That's a hope that we know. That's a hope that is a matter of fact. That is a hope that we can take to the bank. And that is a hope that we can take to the grave. You know, James, the, uh, James, the writer, when he writes of this, he writes the same thing that we count all joy when we face trials. James chapter one, verses two and three says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fa fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. We may not realize it, but our struggles, our struggles have a purpose. They are to strengthen us. We're not to despair when we face trials. 
we're to count it as all count it all as joy. You see, God is our strength. God is our refuge. David knew this and wrote wrote exactly the same thing in the book of Psalms. Psalms for, Psalm 46. Uh, verses 1 through 3 says God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear even though the earth be, moved, be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea though its waters roar, roar and be troubled though mount, the mountains shake with its swelling. David's telling us the same as the Apostle Paul that God is our refuge. God is our strength. God's present. He's there to help us through these trials that we face. And we all do. We all have trials that we face every day. But we're to count it as joy. Paul tells us that we are to be rejoicing in that hope. And again, that's the hope that we have in God, that hope we have in Christ. Romans chapter 12, verses 11 and 12 say, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Here, they're rejoicing in hope because they are in tribulation, because they're experiencing trials. We're to be patient. We're not supposed to stop and roll over and play dead. We're not to give up. That tribulation, those trials, that brings hope and strength. You know, the prophet Nehemiah said, joy is strength. You see, Paul, again, is telling us, God is hope. You know, Romans, jumping around here a little bit, Romans 15, verse 13 Excuse me. <clears throat> Romans 15, 13 says, Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that, that God is a God of hope and that he will fill us with all joy and peace. God wants us to abound in hope. Again, we all at some point are going to be experienced trials in our life. And we all have issues, some bigger than others. We all will experience tribulations. We all will, if not on a daily basis, experience stress, whether it's by job, our kids are worried about the future. 
medical, we could go on and on. It's just a part of life. But we're not to despair. I mean, consider everything the Apostle Paul went through. You know, if anybody experienced trials continuously, it seemed like, it was the Apostle Paul. But if anybody knew the hope of God, knew and had the hope of Jesus Christ within them, was the Apostle Paul. We back up a little bit to Romans. We go back to chapter 7. We read how Paul struggled. But he knew God was right there. And always right there with forgiveness. Romans 7 verses 24 and 25. O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, Paul, he's not just mumbling. He's not just making a statement. I mean, he's not just saying something. Paul is proclaiming this. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul knew his sin. Paul knew that yet all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And he asks, who will deliver me? Who's going to deliver me? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord because Paul had that hope, that hope of God, that hope of Jesus Christ that we all should have within us. You know, then it jumped, we jump to Romans chapter 8, immediately to verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know, no matter our trials, and again, we all have them, no matter what we're facing, no matter our tribulations, no matter how bad it seems at the time, no matter that darkest hour that, that we might be in at point, some point in our life, you know, I pray that we, we never experience that, but the majority, if not all of us, will experience that at some point in our life. But no matter, no matter those trials, it's all insignificant. It's nothing compared to the infinite glory in Christ Jesus. That's why we have as Christians that hope of God within us. That hope of Christ Jesus within us. 
if you wrong the whole book of Romans you can't read it you can't study it without realizing and getting that awakening of that hope and again it's not a hope that I hope it rains or I hope to see my grandkids tomorrow or I hope to this hope is a rock-solid guarantee from God. It's that kind of hope. It's a hope that we can count on. Again, Abraham, if God said something, Abraham did it. No questions asked. Abraham didn't stop to ask. You know, if God said jump, Abraham didn't say how high. Abraham jumped, then he said, asked how high. David was the same way. God said it. David did it. But they did it because of that hope. And now that hope is realized. That hope that we have is now realized in Jesus Christ. We now have that hope within us as Christians. Romans, carrying on with this, Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are children of God through Christ. We're heirs of Christ. Here in Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, says that we are children of God. Not that we will be, not that we can be, not that we might be, not that there's hope that we will be. It's not future tense. It's that we are. The here and now, that through that hope of God, that hope of Christ that's in us, that we are children of God. Again, Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew this hope. He knew the hope of, of Christ Jesus. As Saul of Tarsus, Paul knew that hope of God because he studied it, he knew it. Then on that road to Damascus when he saw Christ in that burning bush and he came face to face with reality, when he came face to face with the right and through his conversion, now Paul knows of that hope that we have in Christ. Paul knows that we are now, present tense, now children of God. Jumping to eight, Romans 8, 28, we read, and this is one of my favorite, favorite verses, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, 
to those who are called according to his purpose. Doesn't that give us faith? Doesn't that give us joy? That we know that all things, no matter how bad, no matter how dark, no matter what the trials, all things work together for good to those who love God. And scripture tells us, if we, you know, if you, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's not that we just make a statement or we read some prayer that says, I love or I trust God or I accept. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. That is not the love of God. The love of God is knowing and accepting and knowing that through that conversion that we are children of God. It's again, no matter how bad, no matter how dark, we know that all things, all things are gonna to work together for good to those who love God by keeping his commandments. Then in verses 31 and 32 of Romans chapter eight, says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. If God is with us, if God is with us, who can be against us? And through Christ Jesus can freely give us all things. That, that is that hope within us. That's the hope that we need. That's the hope that should be in our heart. Persecutions, trials, hard times. Again, some point in our life, we're all gonna experience all gonna experience trials. It's just a matter it's just a matter of life. It's a fact of life. It may be financial problems, it may be medical problems, maybe spiritual problems. But when we experience these problems, we're to have that hope of Christ Jesus. And that is what Paul is writing and telling the Christians in Rome and hence telling us today. You know, Paul, we've heard it before. The Apostle Paul, again, if it weren't for bad luck, I don't think he'd have any luck at all, the way it sounds a lot of times. He had so many trials and so much tribulation throughout his life. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 28 through or 24 through 28 lists Paul lists just a you know a partial 
of the trials that he experienced. Starting in verse 24 says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a, or a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, also in perils of this in the sea, and in perils amongst false brethren. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. You know, 2 Corinthians, Paul here is telling, you know, chapter 12, God told Paul that no matter what, I'm with you. That we're to delight in trials because God was with Paul. In all that Paul went through, as Paul went through it during that, the thing that concerned him the thing that he worried about was his deep concern for all the churches. Think about that. When he's receiving these 40 stripes minus one, his concern that is, is for the churches. When he's being beaten with rods, his concern is for the churches when he ship shipwrecked when he stuck out in the middle of the sea for a night and a day his concern is for the church when he's being accused and being threatened by false brethren he wasn't concerned for retaliation he was concerned for the people, for the churches. The Apostle Paul knew how to delight in trials because God was with Paul. This, this is the same hope that we have in us as Christians. This is why we have, can have delight even to the point of death. If we're in Christ, it means we don't even have to fear death. Death can't hurt us if we're in Christ. This is that hope that's within us. This is that hope of Christ Jesus 
if we are in Christ. Back to jump back to chapter eight of Romans. Verse 37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through Christ. And finally, chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's pretty powerful. If we're in Christ, if we have that hope of God, if we have that hope of Christ within us, there's nothing on this earth that's going to be able to separate us from Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's got to be one of the most powerful things that Paul ever wrote. And Paul is telling us that we can have that hope. We can have that hope of Christ. We can have that hope of God. For I am persuaded that none of this is able to separate us from God. You know, this tells us that if we are in Christ Jesus, if we are faithful, nothing, not even Satan, there's nothing on this earth that is going to be able to separate us from the love of God, that love of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that's within us. Think about how powerful a statement that is. Again, that's the power that's in us, in our hearts, if we are in Christ Jesus. Do you think Paul, do you think Paul had daily struggles just like us like the normal stuff stress, job, life people you know you can't get people, a group of people together and somebody's not going to have an issue with somebody or something's going to happen or somebody's going to say something daily normal stress yeah, Paul, Paul had that, just like us. You know, I'm sure they're just like the life of Jesus. I'm sure there are so many things about the Apostle Paul. There's just probably not even enough 
pages to list them all. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter nine. We're going to read one through seven. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do the, also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war, does he go at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of that flock? You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, Paul is a real person with real life, real daily life issues. But Paul never forgot that hope that was within him. Things that probably that aren't in Scripture. Do you think people talked behind Paul's back? Do you think people gossiped about him? Do you think there were people that spread rumors about him? Do you think there might have been people who heckled him when he preached? Do you think there were people who wanted to do harm to him, to kill him? Do you think that given Paul's past that there were people who never grew to trust him. You know, Paul, just like us, experienced daily trials, just like we do. But he knew and had that hope. He had that hope of God, that hope of Christ Jesus within him. He knew Christ. He knew salvation. Paul had that hope within him. And that's what we have as Christians. That's our right. That's what we're to have. That's our gift as heirs, as children of God. That's why we're Christians. Because nothing... If we're faithful in Christ, there is nothing that can separate us from God. You know, if you have 
are experiencing trials and issues, or if you just if you don't have that hope, or if you're lacking that hope in Christ, maybe it's drifted away. Maybe it's just slowly, little by little, gone to the wayside. And if you don't have that hope of Christ Jesus, that's why we're here. That's what we want to offer today. Just like at every, every time we gather together, we want to extend that opportunity to any and all, to Christians, that if you need the prayers of the church, that we're here, it's a step away. That if you've made, maybe made that decision to become a Christian through and put on Christ through baptism, we always wanna make that, extend that offer. We don't want a day to go by. We don't wanna miss an opportunity. We're not guaranteed of a tomorrow, but we are guaranteed of a hope in Christ, a hope that we can take to the bank that it's a hope that we can even take to death. That there is nothing on this earth, not even Satan, that can separate us from Christ. If you have that need or need to come for and put on Christ in baptism, we want to extend that opportunity now as we stand and sing.